How We Built Our Team is a podcast that talks to successful founders and leaders in the hiring and recruiting space to learn their strategies for building and scaling their teams. From attracting and impressing top talent to creating a strong company culture, our guests will share their insights and experience on what it takes to build your dream team. Today, we talked to Jim Stroud, a renowned marketing and recruiting leader who's helped some of the top teams and startups refine their hiring strategies. We got to talk about the influence of ChatGPT and the future of AI and recruiting. And we also talked about how recruiting and marketing are more interlinked than recruiting and sales and how founders can create a feedback loop that builds their brand and gets them hires. You're not going to want to miss this episode. And to learn more about Jim and hear more about his thoughts on ChatGPT, you can find him at jimstroudstroud.com. Awesome. So welcome to the show. Today we are welcoming Jim Stroud. Um, he's a content creator, a marketing genius. Uh, he's a former global head of sourcing and recruiting strategy at Randstad. Um, he's consulted for companies like Microsoft, Google, and Siemens, and a host of other startup companies. And quite recently, uh, he was the VP of marketing for Proactive Talent, uh, one of the most respected talent agencies in, in hiring and retention. And presently, he's producing The Recruiting Life, which is a comic strip about the world of work. Um, and he's seeking out his next career adventure. So welcome to the show, Jim. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And Lavanya, do you want to do you want to say hi? Yeah. Hi. Uh, hey, back. My name is Lavanya. <laughs> I am a customer success manager at Dover. Uh, my everyday work essentially is working with customers, ensuring they're using Dover in the best way possible. Super excited to be here. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. So Jim, I, um, I know that a lot of people um, might not know this about you from the bio, but I know you, you are a huge chat GPT enthusiast um, yes. and an AI enthusiast when it comes to recruiting. And I wanted to talk to you more about that because I think when people hear AI and recruiting, they sort of um, balk at those two things being in the same sentence. Yeah. And so I want to hear from you why you're so excited about AI in the recruiting space. Sure, sure. Uh, it is a game changer. Um, I, I can remember way back when, uh, when the internet was just growing in, in uh, fame and people were just starting to get into it. And you had America Online and diskettes all over the place. Long before you kids <laughs> were around. But it, it, the internet was literally changing the world and there, people just could not stop talking about it. And I see the same effect happening uh, with uh, AI, particularly chat GPT. Um, I see it being a uh, game changer and why I'm so excited about it because it can really boost productivity and make recruiters more efficient. I've been experimenting with it and been, uh, and I've been sharing my experiments on in different videos and so forth. Um, but some of the things that it can do that is really impressive uh, for the few people who are unaware of it is I like the way you can use it to screen resumes. It does so many things, but you can screen resumes. I, I did one of my videos where I took the resume of a candidate and I uh, pasted in a job description uh, that, I, that uh, from my guy from ND. And I said, okay, uh, Chad GPT, tell me, is this candidate a good match? Why are they a good match or why are they not a good match? And I like that, not, not only for, for that reason, but Looking at it from a recruiter perspective, I could say, hey, these are reasons why I think they're a good match. And, and although ChatGPT said they're not a good match for the job for these reasons, these are things I may want to highlight in the interview that I talk when I talk to this candidate, you know, because the uh, ChatGPT can only go on the keywords and information that's on the resume, whereas I can go deeper. Um, I like that. Uh, ChatGPT can be used to screen candidates, uh, where people have already sort of been doing that already with chatbots. Uh, but I like the the extra questions that ChatGPT can do because with chatbots you only have a certain uh, number of questions you can ask, uh, but ChatGPT can sort of react in more real time uh, with the questions asked, which I like about that. Um, I like that you can use it for, gosh. Um, outreach emails. <clears throat> so if I wanted to reach out to a candidate and I would really wanted this email to resonate with them, uh, or uh, I can make changes on the fly, I can ask ChatGPT to do that. So for example, 
I can say, ChatGPT, I am reaching out to a bartender about an opportunity. Uh, write up a letter uh, that will incentivize this person to apply for the job. And ChatGPT will bring, do it in a matter of seconds. And I can say, you know what? That email's too long. Make it short. It'll rewrite it. Bring. And I can say, you know what? Um, I know people who are bartenders tend to be outgoing. So rewrite, rewrite this email again uh, and make it appeal to somebody who has an outgoing personality. Bring. It's just amazing, the stuff that it does. Um, if I wanted to uh, create a job posting, uh, or actually if I, if I was a technical recruiter and I was looking at a job posting and I saw these keywords and I was like, I don't understand this stuff. <laughs> so I can copy and paste that job description to ChatGPT and say, ChatGPT, explain to me as if I was in the sixth grade. And they would dumb it down and I would totally understand what all these technical terms would mean. So I, I like a lot of what it can do for that. Uh, ChatGPT can do so much more, but those are some of the things that really uh, stood out to me from a recruiting perspective. Yeah, that's awesome. I, those are a lot of um, unique unique ways of, of using ChatGPT that I hadn't even thought about before. I have a follow-up question yeah. there too. In terms of, um, specifically in terms of writing job postings or outreach, I think something we hear a lot from hiring teams is that they're afraid of that uh, the AI generation removing a human element. And you mentioned that you can adjust for tone and inputs and things like that. Where do you, um, where do you think that line is in sure. terms of like, where does a human need to step in and what can AI do to sort of support that process? I think in the process overall, there should always be um, uh, a human in the loop, which is an actual term, human in the loop. I think the danger of technology in general, not just ChatGPT, is when you become overly reliant on technology and you take out the, the human touch. I mean, I've read articles, maybe you've heard of them, where people have followed GPSs into the river <laughs> or um, they, they've, uh, uh, I don't know, crashed the car because they were so intent listening to the instructions that they didn't just use common sense and say, hey, there's a river in front of me. I probably shouldn't drive into it, no matter what uh, Alexa says or whoever says so I think that that is always uh, something to be concerned about. Uh, humans should always be in the process in some manner, in some way, because uh, machines can make mistakes too. You know, they, they can only uh, operate on the information that is in the database. What if something new happens that's not in the database because it happened three seconds ago? You know, uh, that's the kind of thing that humans can see and react to. So you always have to have a human being looking at it. I don't think there's a point where humans should not be involved in any time. It should be involved from the beginning, in the middle, in the end, in some capacity, because it's the ultimate quality. I have a follow-up question to mm. that on the same topic, but slightly different. Uh, you worked in marketing, you've worked in recruiting. Um, I've worked as a recruiter before, and now I'm sort of you know dipping my toes in marketing. And I find that the two are very similar. There's a recruiting funnel, there's a marketing funnel. Mm -hmm. The key difference I find is that the perception of recruiting is that it's very operational, while marketing is more strategic. Marketing has all of these cool tools that, you know, essentially outsources all the grunt work, while recruiting is still very, you know, manual. So we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Do you agree on this? Do you feel like marketing and recruiting are actually pretty similar, except that marketing has access to all of these cool tools? making it more strategic? Yeah, I, I, you're reminding me of a, um, a debate I was having with someone. Um, at one point, I, I was suggesting that uh, recruiters should report into the marketing department because they are um, marketing jobs out to people, um, that, which is part of you know, employer branding. Um, you mentioned all the cool tools. Uh, you have the uh, funnel um, similarities where you have so many candidates coming in and then you have to qualify them, then the funnel gets, gets smaller. Um, I think also that marketing and recruiting, even if, even if recruiting does not report into marketing, they should be more connected. Um, if I am reaching out to a candidate, I want to make sure I am communicating the employer brand properly, the value proposition properly. I would get some of that, that information from marketing. Um, when I want to communicate um, the culture of the company. I probably want to get some information from marketing on that. Uh, the same way marketing may qualify leads um, uh, to to sell to a prospect, 
recruiting definitely has the way they qualify candidates for opportunities as well. So I think they are very similar. I think someone who is really good at marketing could become a recruiter and someone who is a recruiter could easily become uh, someone valuable in marketing, especially if they are very good at managing relationships and negotiating, because that's something that technology will never replace. You know, uh, technology can do a lot of things. Uh, it can mimic huh, the human uh, interactions, like with chatbots and so forth, but it would never truly be human. And there are things that we can do that machines just can't. I mean, you're, as a recruiter, you're negotiating with a hiring manager, convincing them that this is the candidate for you. Uh, you're talking to a candidate and you're being persuasive, trying to convince them that they should leave the job they have to come to this job over here. Uh, you're, you're managing the potential conflict when a, cat, when a manager says, I don't know if I like this person. And you say, but this person is great, not just because I've talked to 20 other people <laughs> and you haven't made a decision, but because this person is really good. So you're managing that relationship. I don't think that could ever be auto, fully automated or automated at all because there's just too many variables with that. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I find it so interesting that you say that you know, the human element will never go away, no matter, you know, chat GPT-4 or chat GPT-5 or whatever it may be in the future. Mm -hmm. um, so that will not go away. But what will change is that all the operational work that can be done by AI will be done by AI, while, the, while recruiters can then focus on this relationship management piece or managing, you know, uh, business partnering, essentially. So uh, I really like what you said. Yes. I would love to hear a little bit more on uh, how you see recruiting evolving uh, sure. with, you know, ChatGPT as a discipline. Sure. Um, I see recruiting evolving with ChatGPT. I see recruiters being more productive and efficient. I see a warning signs for recruiters who are resistant to the new type of technology. Uh, there's a saying that's going around, uh, which is uh, uh, AI won't take your job away, but a human being that, that is using AI will take your job away because they'll know how to be more efficient and, and be more productive. And so one thing that I've been looking at, I'm, I'm sort of tinkering around with it and probably make a video on this eventually. Um, I found out recently that uh, Zapier, I don't know if you guys, are you guys familiar with Zapier? Okay, yeah. It's like, for those who don't know, it's like a competitor to if this, then that. It helps you connect different apps together. So you, I discovered recently that you can connect ChatGPT to Zapier, meaning that you can connect ChatGPT to 5,000 apps uh, through Zapier. And I thought, wow, the possibility. So I've been sort of looking at this because I'm sort of researching it because I want to do a video on some of this stuff. And so I was looking at some of the use cases and sort of trying to imagine <clears throat> excuse me, try to imagine different ways uh, Zapier plus ChatGPT could work out. And um, I noticed that uh, some companies have used uh, Zapier to integrate ChatGPT and with Google Sheets. So they can automate candidate data entry from chatbot conversations uh, right into Google Sheets using ChatGPT. Um, also notice how combining uh, Zapier and ChatGPT can integrate with different ATS systems. Among them, uh, Workable, Lever, Greenhouse, and then that allows them to automate to automate candidate screening and scheduling interviews automatically. You know, uh, another company was using uh, Zapier with ChatGPT and adding in Dropbox, so that uh, people so that recruiters could uh, could automate document uploads. You know, maybe a, a candidate asks a question about benefits or something, and the way that uh, they mention a certain keyword and boom, here's a document automatically. So I, I, when you see things like that, and those are just three that I noticed just yesterday when I was looking at this, if you, you had one recruiter with all these different automations doing all these different jobs um, automatically, then you can <laughs> pay them one salary, <laughs> even though they may be doing two or three different jobs, uh, like a recruiting coordinator, for example, um, and you are able to, as a company can save money. So if, if I'm a recruiter and I say, hey, this is the value I bring, not only do I have this experience as a recruiter, not only can I do a good job um, managing relationships, but I also can automate things this way. 
And so a company says, wow, you can do more with less. That is very attractive to me in these interesting economic times. So now your value as a recruiter has gone up as opposed to another recruiter who may be good at what they do, but they can't do all this other automation techie stuff. You know, so that's, I'm still have to hire more people. Uh, whereas with you, I may have to hire maybe one, uh, one or two people less. So I don't mind paying you a little bit more for that because you're valuable, but paying you a bit more is better than paying two or three additional salaries. I've never heard of it phrased that way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a honest way of talking about it is that it, it won't, it's sort of like you have to surrender or be dragged kind of like you need to adopt this, this sort of technology because it, you will end up upskilling yourself in, in that way. Yeah. Um, and, and thinking of it as a growth opportunity versus a replacement, like a tool versus a replacement, um, I think is really helpful. Exactly. Exactly. I think um, when I when I talk like this and for some listening, they start to get really nervous. They say, oh, I don't want to uh, technology, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. And so um, I would say that not to be too, too nervous about technology. I mean, definitely taking consideration, but I wouldn't want someone to hear me say this and think that their skills are less valued as a recruiter, because although these tools can do these things, because of the human element, you are still, still valuable. So examples of more examples of that is that as a recruiter, you'll able to um, uh, become a brand agent, somewhat of an evangelist. You're talking about how great and wonderful the company is online. You're interacting with people in person at maybe at different job fairs or different events. Uh, you can't automate that. Uh, you have an instinctive eye for talent. You know, maybe you're talking to someone and they are a really great uh, football coach. And you listen to them and you say, wow, you know what, you, you're, you could, you're really good with people. I bet you could be a recruiter. AI tech probably would not pick up on that because they don't have that instinct and because his resume would just say football, 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 you know. So that's something that, that humans yep. can do. Um, developing a referral pipeline from candidates is something that I think humans instinctively can do um, by virtue of, hey, that's a nice T-shirt you have on. What is that? Some kind of technical jargon. You, are you a developer? Oh, cool. I'm a recruiter. Can we talk about blah, blah, blah? A machine probably going to pick up on that. That's something that, that humans could eventually do. So uh, I just want to allay the fears of some recruiters because I know when I when I talk like this, automatically they're like, oh. I know that you've, Dover recently uh, created a free tool related to outreach mm -hmm. called Recruiting Emails AI that you were able to give a try. Yep. Um, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts and feedback on on how that uh, application of ChatGPT, specifically GPT-4, um, could revolutionize that area of recruiting specifically, outreach and and recruiting emails, and especially in such a crowded market. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like it because it shows recruiters who are maybe hesitant or a bit tech phobic. <laughs> um, they say, hey, this isn't so bad. Look, I was able to create uh, an email in 2.3 seconds. You know, that looks really good. I can still, um, from my vantage point as a human being, read over it, make sure it has that sort of feel that I want to convey. Uh, if it doesn't, I can just hit a button and bring a totally different email pops up uh, that's a bit more formal if I want it to. If I want it to be a bit more fun, hit a button, bring. Oh, it's more lighthearted and fun. Great. All right. So maybe this stuff isn't isn't so scary after all. So from that, I really, really enjoyed it. I really thought it was very simple to use, which is uh, my pet peeve. I, if I if I jump on a tool and I'm experimenting with it, I want it to be so intuitive and so easy that I don't have to read instructions. You know, they say men don't want to read instructions anyway, <laughs> but I definitely don't. If, if I can play with a tool and not have to read instructions on how to use it because it's so intuitive. That's awesome. And and speaking of that, that uh, like phobia that you think talent acquisition teams and honestly hiring managers, I think across the board feel when they generate something that isn't um, in their own voice, even if they can customize it. Uh, I think what I'm curious about knowing is if you were to add your own custom inputs to an email and it didn't spit out exactly what you wanted, 
how would you be able to assess that the brand or the voice was off as compared to an AI? Like what, what do you specifically look for in that email that maybe signals to you that you would need to customize this to be more in your own brand or voice? Like some mistakes maybe that AI is making in this space? I think that I would add in perhaps some sort of personal touch. If I want to connect with someone, again, that, that human connection. So I could say something along the lines, I am excited about working here. I'm excited about the possibility of you working here. Uh, I know that when I started, uh, X, Y, and Z happened, but over time, I learned this, that, and the other. And now I, I, I'm not only uh, a worker here, but I'm also an, an advocate for people working here. You know, um, So I really, for example, um, when my kid was sick, uh, I was so glad that we had the benefits here uh, being offered by the company. That was a, a literal lifesaver. You know, um, I enjoy the work-life balance because I've been on jobs where they work you from nine to nine, <laughs> not even nine to five because they'll call me after after the hours. Uh, but here, the work-life balance is great. In fact, every uh, Friday at five, we get an automatic email that says the system is shutting down in an hour. <laughs> Shut it off and go home, which some companies have done. So those kind of personal things that um, I may have experienced as a worker there that I can convey to someone else, uh, that is something that I would put in an email to make it uh, uh, make it more persuasive that they consider working there. And someone who has worked for a bunch of startups, um, if if you let's say you're an early stage founder and you don't have a recruiting team yet, or you don't have a talent acquisition, head of people ops, that sort of person. So you're sort of handling that stuff on your own. How would you uh, go about assessing a recruiter that you want to hire to make sure that they are um, on board with all of the changes in AI and that they know how to uh, like use these tools and integrate them properly? Is that something that you think founders should assess for? Um, is that something that they should start asking for in their job descriptions moving forward? Do you have any thoughts around that? Uh, a couple of things. Pass this prologue. I uh, will look at the history of the places they worked at before. Like, for example, if I was hiring a, um, uh, I don't know, a healthcare recruiter, I would expect to see hospital, hospital, hospital on, the, on their resume or some kind of medical place like that. If they are... If I look in their resume and I see that they've worked for maybe predominantly blue chip companies, like maybe insurance that are very conservative, who aren't really daring with technology, then I may be like, mm, I don't know. But if I see they've worked for Google, Microsoft, Facebook, I say, okay, those are pretty techie companies. They're pretty forward thinking their technology. I'm pretty sure this guy, somebody, or this, this person would be good um, as far as technology is there. I would ask them about the different tools they've used. I would ask them if they have used tools to find candidates that uh, they may have found on their own. So I would say, you know, show me your creativity. What's the most creative way you've, you've, you've uh, creative strategy you've implemented to find people? You know, uh, I would try to figure out how they how they think. You know, and if they think like someone who is creative who is strategic and still hands-on, then that was someone that would be of interest to me. I also may, if I had the budget for it, maybe look at different assessment, online assessment uh, tools. Uh, a couple of tools come to mind. One is uh, Tatio, T-A-T-I-O.io. They, they sort of allow you to, well, not a sort of, <laughs> they allow you to source candidates based on competencies. So someone could log in and uh, be in a virtual work environment. And and after doing the online assessment, you know, you're graded and you say, okay, you're good. I uh, don't need to see your resume per se. Um, there are other tools out there similar to like Pymetrics, which is another one. There are others out there. So I may use that, some sort of online assessment to test uh, a candidate that way. I also may look for signs online. Uh, I may look to see, okay, are they, and you can see this on people's LinkedIn profiles, what groups they're members of. They're members of. If they are a member of several recruiting groups, that suggests to me, okay, they want to stay up on what's happening in, in the recruiting world. It's great. If they happen to 
uh, and it just, it's again, assuming I have time to do all this research on them, <laughs> I'll maybe look on Twitter to see if they are using hashtags connected with different conferences in the past. You know, so I said, okay, they're tweeting about a conference, they're at a conference, they're really serious about what they're doing. That's cool because that suggests to me that uh, not only are they good recruiters, but they're also uh, fairly networked with other recruiters, which also tells me that, okay, if they don't know the answer to something, they have people in their corner that they could potentially ask, you know, a bit of a brain trust they can rely on. So uh, then I also would look at maybe how they promote themselves on their LinkedIn profiles. You know, I've seen some recruiters, which I commend, they'll say, hey, I'm a tech recruiter. I placed uh, 100 candidates last year in this, in, uh, in this company, or I placed, you know, 500 software developers over the course of my career, uh, which is good because it tells uh, software developers that they're the recruiter to talk to but also communicates to the company that they're so good that they have no problem showing the receipts of their work on their LinkedIn profile. So things like that. I love to hear that. Pivoting a little bit uh, to employer branding. So at Dover, we work with a lot of steed, steer, uh, seed, Series A, Series B companies. And one of the key challenges that they face is employer branding because obviously they're newer, a lot of times they are competing with big tech, which obviously has, you know, established branding and they have teams that do employer branding. So AI could be of, you know, great help here because resources are limited. So we'd love to hear from you. How can AI be used for employer branding? Sure. Um, one example, and it's actually sort of 15 minutes into the future, so I can't do it right this very second. But the, the, the possibilities are very strong. Uh, ChatGPT4 allows for um, uh, image input, right? So you can do things like here's a picture of flour, eggs, and milk. And you say, look at this picture. Uh, give me some recipes. What can I make with this? You know, give me putting a bunch a list of things like that. Um, also, you can do things with video with ChatGPT4. Uh, one company I was looking at literally yesterday, I was impressed by what I saw. I haven't played around with it yet, so there's a grain of salt there. But uh, the company was uh, Runway ML. Runway, yeah, RunwayML.com, Runway. And they do uh, text-to-video. So you can say, hey, uh, give me a video of the sunrise rising over New York City. And bring there's a video there. And I saw that and I said, man, look at the possibilities of that. So this, this, is, a little, this is a little quirky, uh, but so bear with me. Imagine if we're at a point where I really want to sell Lavanya on this job. So I am talking to her uh, in a virtual interview. I say, Lavanya, I want to show you something. And so I type in really quick, show Lavanya, I'll take a picture, I'll take your LinkedIn profile picture. And I say, show Lavanya walking the halls of the company headquarters. Make sure she has a shirt with a company logo on or a hat with a company logo on it. And then I say, Levanya, look at this. This could be you. You're walking through the halls of the company headquarters. This is you winning an award for outstanding customer success. Uh, this is you talking to your coworkers and training them on how to do X, Y, and Z. And you're like, wow, yes, yes. And this is all done with chat GPT-4, just typing it that way. So yeah, I can see that using it as a way to uh, close the candidate, sharing the company culture. I definitely would see it as a way to close a candidate uh, if you're trying to get them to relocate to your location. You say, oh, look at Levanya, this is, this is, look at yourself here surfing uh, at the beach. <laughs> this is you hiking in the mountains. This is you eating at, at a restaurant around the corner from our, from our office. Can't you picture yourself working here? Look at the video. It's right there. You got to take our job offer. That too far I out? To, yeah. I no, I love to hear that. Um, I think the application of this is at present in the marketing field. I've seen people do this for marketing. Uh, and going back to our conversation about you know the parallel between marketing and recruiting, mm -hmm. I think uh, 
applying and i think that's what dover does really well is it applies the best practices of marketing into recruiting um you know uh, i find that maybe because recruiting isn't a revenue generating you know field a lot of people are focused on building software for marketing and sales and optimizing you know and building sales funnels but not as much for recruiting and i think what you said somehow just reinforces that that we can really take what marketing brings to the table and apply it to recruiting and make it more strategic especially now with ai as well that's only further going to you know change the way recruiting works and make it more strategic i'm glad you said it because it it makes me think or it reminds me how much more important marketing is in in the recruiting process if i am looking for a candidate there are only so many that i can find pretty easily on the web through LinkedIn, Google, and, and other resources. It gets to a point where you've, you've talked to everyone that you could find. You think you, um, and the ones that you find, maybe they don't want to talk to you because they've been uh, <laughs> approached by 100 recruiters the day before and 200 before that. So it behooves you to have a really good recruitment marketing strategy to attract the candidates that you couldn't find who haven't talked to you so that they can say, oh, wow, I didn't even know about this company, or this is an interesting opportunity. Um, I'm sure glad I stumbled across it, because a lot of times people who are really, really good, not lots of time, pretty much all the time, they're not on the job boards. They don't have to be, because you know they get jobs through referrals, or, or people are you know, they're highly sought after. They're already experts you know, out there. So those are the people that companies covet the most. So the, the perfect hire that's out there it's probably the, the one person that you have no way of finding online because they don't want to be found or they're perfectly happy. So you have to market to them. You have to attract them uh, with some kind of sparkling content with a great value proposition. Uh, you got to maybe maybe not even convince them, but convince someone in their network who may suggest it to them. You know, um, That kind of thing becomes more and more um, necessary especially the longer you recruit and the longer you have no results <laughs> and the more you're, you're scratching your head and your hiring manager's looking at you. So I think uh, to your point, marketing is very crucial in, in that regard. Yeah. In line with that, I'm actually, um, I'm, I'm very curious to know too, as, as back to this question of an early stage company, like if you're trying to set up this recruiting and marketing feedback loop where you can, hear from recruiters how they're positioning the company. You can have recruiters talk to marketers about insights and feedback they're hearing from candidates. What are some tactical ways maybe that you've set that up in other companies or that you can start building that feedback loop from the beginning when you're starting your company out? You know, so One thing I would do and have done is do a thought leadership campaign, right? So let's say that you have a startup and they make uh, apps for the internet of, internet of things, right? And so you say, okay, what are the people that you want to attract? They are technical people who do this uh, IoT stuff, right? All right, so who is a luminary in the company that can talk about it? You say, okay, so I want, if you would, uh, company person, talk about, uh, give a talk, give a webinar, Maybe next time you're at an event, let us know and we'll record you on video. And you talk about um, Internet of Things, you talk about AI, you talk about these different, these different things. Everything you talk about is connected to Rex we're trying to feel in some way. Not just Rex today, but Rex will always be feeling, you know? So you, uh, you, this person go, gives their talk, or they give the webinar, or they do a live stream or what have you. The content's recorded. Then recruiters start sharing information about that particular topic. They show clips from that um, that presentation, but they also show additional uh, data points as, as well. Maybe they are showing sharing academic research, or maybe they're sharing that, hey, look at us, we just got a patent in this technology thing or whatever, right? Um, and they're, they're the recruiters are talking consistently about a technology. And so the technology they're talking about would appeal to the people that they want to recruit. So ideally, these people they want to recruit would say, well, let me follow this recruiter because even though they they share jobs, they also share information that is of interest to me as a 
internet of things techie person, you know? And so doing, uh, having the recruiters act as a uh, promotional outreach is, is good in, in that regard. So that'll, that'll help to attract people. And that's the way recruiters and marketing can work together in that. And then also marketing can look at that and say, okay, thank you for sharing this information recruiters. I see that based on the traffic we've generated for our website, we have more Facebook likes, we have more Twitter likes, uh, we, we have more traffic, we have more people uh, signed up to our newsletter. That is good because that means we can still market to them on down the road. So maybe we didn't recruit 100 people today, but because of your efforts and sharing information about uh, our, our luminary, speaking on the topics that we want them to speak on, we're able to continue to sell to them. So maybe they will recruit, maybe we can recruit them on down the road because you got them connected to us today. That, does that make sense? No, totally. I think that's a really, um, really great way of thinking about it is that marketing leads are also recruiting leads. You Definitely. Know, anybody can be somebody who wants to work for your company. Definitely. Especially if they're interested in your product and your mission and everything that you're about. I think to your point, employees now, especially post COVID and, and um, the great resignation and everything that shifted, I think are definitely going to more than just LinkedIn to learn more about your company. You know, they're, they're going to people that work there. They're going to go on Glassdoor. They're going to ask people on Reddit if they, if it's a larger company that that might be discussed on a forum like that. So I think making sure that everything that's put out, whether that's PR marketing, any sort of comms relates back to recruiting as, as part of their, their branding and recruitment marketing is, is a really important um, thing to highlight because I, I don't know that co most companies actually think about it that way. Yeah. And I think that it's a missed opportunity, uh, especially yeah. now when so many recruiters are being laid off because a company has the opportunity to really launch a marketing campaign that can attract potential talent to recruit, but also could attract potential customers because these are people that may buy their products on down the road as well. So, in, so if a recruiter, let's say a company freezes their, their jobs, uh, so we're gonna freeze hiring for the next month or two, right? Then that's a two month marketing um, campaign. We are going to market our, our company and we're gonna market our technologies through recruiters. We're going to, with the goal of increasing our social, social media following, the goal of increasing our newsletters, um, subscribers, the goal of more traffic, the goal of increased SEO, so that when this storm is, is over, we are positioned in the search engines in such a way that when the people search on anything, our name is gonna come up. And then after that point, if we, if, and then because um, that way you are preparing not just for today, but but on down the road as well. These are things you can measure right away. Uh, these are things you can do fairly easily. You know, I don't know any recruiter who doesn't have a LinkedIn account. I don't know any recruiter who doesn't have a, uh, well, some may have a Twitter and Facebook. Pretty much everybody does, but everybody has a LinkedIn, you know. And I, I could even take it a, a step further than that. Let's say, okay, during this two-month engaged marketing promotion or however long we're going to do it, I want you to feature different things on your LinkedIn profile. You know, uh, maybe here is a PowerPoint presentation about these are all the wonderful things about why you should be working here. These are all the these are all the wonderful products and services that's going out there. Uh, so that when someone sees uh, information that's being promoted by a recruiter, they'll say, "Oh, who is this person? I wonder what what they're about." Go to the profile, boom. There's more stuff about the company right there. They'll say, oh, I didn't know the company did that too. That's interesting. Let me uh, remember that or let me reach out to them for more information, that kind of thing. So laying off a bunch of recruiters, especially uh, large or small, is not always the best move because if you are laying them off because your sales are slacking or because you're losing business, then before you decide or consider um, laying them off, Think in your mind, I already have already the parts that I need to launch a really strong marketing uh, campaign that can bring in more business now and potentially and position us to have more business down the road. No, yeah, that, absolutely. That's so interesting. And I feel like a lot of people don't think of it like this, right? Yeah. Like marketing leads are recruiting leads, but conversely, recruiting outreach is marketing too. Yes. Right? yes. Especially mm -hmm. if you're targeting a very specific skill set of people. 
And that reminds me of one of my customers that I work with here at Dover. Mm -hmm. uh, they operate in the cybersecurity space. So they are, you know, in a very niche industry and they are very careful of the kind of content that, you know, or the kind of outreach they're sharing with their target, because ultimately it's possible that even if the people they're reaching out to aren't there, you know, aren't interested in the position, they may be interested in the product in different ways. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think marketing leads are recruiting leads, but recruiting outreach is also marketing. Most and definitely. Recruiting outreach is such a great way to also promote perhaps an employer branding blog or, you know, a new launch of a certain product. Um, so I'd love to hear that. And uh, I've never thought of it this way. So thanks for sharing. Yeah, no worries. I think a, a lot of people don't realize that a job description is a marketing piece. For some people, that's the first yeah. time they'll become aware of your company, you know? And I think that to their detriment, a lot of companies may say, well, let, let me just find a template for a job description mm -hmm. and put that out there. Um, I haven't done this in a while, but one thing I did do, and I actually, this will be some homework for you listeners, right? Go, mm -hmm. go on Google or Bing or wherever and do a search for software developer job template or something like that. Uh, take uh, some language from that, then search for it and see how many jobs pop up yep. <laughs> with that same templated um, uh, uh, wording. And then you can say, okay, how have these companies damaged their employer brand? You know, is, what, is, what is special about a company whose job descriptions are the same as everyone else's? You know, what, what, what about it makes me want to work for you as opposed to the hundred other people that are using the same job description, you know, um, job descriptions are marketing pieces. I feel like, especially for early stage companies, mm -hmm. I feel big tech has, you know, an employer branding. No one's reading their job description. Like for example, no one's reading Google's job description to learn more about Google because everybody knows Google. Uh, but for, you know, early stage companies where the employer brand may not be as you know, big, it's job descriptions are huge. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I love that thought. Thought leadership is also huge because if you, if your if your company is, uh, let's say, I don't know, let's say Google back and let's go back to maybe 2006 and no one knew who Google was, you, you know, it was part of Yahoo's thing, but nobody knew, knew who you were. And so if you were working for a company like that and you had a potential to be the next Google and nobody knows who you are, then one, your product got, has, needs to be amazing <laughs> so that people talk about it. Um, but also you have to show that you, the people behind the curtain are really impressive and someone that, uh, and they're people that you may want to keep up with. So a startup especially needs to really have a strong thought leadership kind of model. They need to be out front in some kind of way sharing with the public that, hey, this is the type of brain power that we have working here. And if you're impressed by the brain power here, check out our products and services, because uh, if you like the brain power here, you imagine how well our, our products and services are, you know? Um, so I would, uh, startups, it's, it's their interest to really promote thought leadership, showing how they think, um, uh, maybe being a contrarian voice to what's out there. You know, uh, everybody loves ChatGPT now. Maybe they could be the lone wolf saying, ah, it's not that great. And this is why, you know, that kind of thing. And yeah. it makes them stand out. So, yeah, thought leadership is Yeah, crucial. and the other day, yeah, and the other day, Magda and I were speaking with one of our customers here at Dover, who's the head of engineering. Mm -hmm. And he was saying that he and his team as well are getting these outreach messages from recruiters day in and day out that are completely toned off. Uh, obviously, it's, you know, a spray and pray, you know, sure. sort of approach that they're taking, asking uh, them to apply for positions that have nothing to do with that skill set or their interests, which is clearly mentioned on their LinkedIn. And that is obviously automatically a turn off. So now if this head of engineering ever sees this, you know, product again in the market, he automatically associates, you know, with it negatively. Mm -hmm. So I think just, you know, sending... And I think that's something, again, that Dover does really well. You know, it sends outreach that is at scale, but at the same time personalized. Uh, so they're not, it's not toned off. Mm -hmm. And um, even if the person is not interested, ultimately, it's just, you know, leaving them with, 
you know, a good experience of the company. Well, I, I hope that in your, in your outreach, and this, this would be based on the clients, I guess, using your technology, is that they start first with the candidates in their applicant tracking system. It is amazing to me, and I've been in this field for a long time, how when uh, a, a rec, a new rec is um, is is neat, a, a new rec has to be filled, and the hiring manager says, "Give me somebody, you know, as soon as possible if I really need them." The first thing a recruiter will do, they'll, they'll go out to LinkedIn or do a Boolean search on Google or or use some kind of tool, and they will go. They will not look inside of their applicant tracking system first. It blows my mind, and I would give the example of. Uh, of a single guy walking into a club, right? And three pretty girls just it might automatically just go up to him. Says, no, no, no. I don't want to talk to you three pretty girls who came up to me showing an interest. I want to talk to the hundred other people in here who don't know who I am, who I've never spoken to, and try to start a relationship with them. It makes no sense. You're not going to have as much success as you will with people who've already expressed an interest in you. You know? So uh, I, I, I like the idea of an outreach that begins first with the applicant's people who've already applied and therefore showed an interest in the company. I also would applaud a company that does a bit of forward thinking in that when they consider their uh, the people in their database, that they look at people who may, who when they apply, were not a match for a job, but maybe now they are. So let's say that you're looking for a senior level X with seven years of experience, right? Uh, maybe in your, in your applicant tracking system, look for junior level X's from three years ago. And they say, okay, three years ago, they applied for a junior level X, they didn't get the job, but if they stayed in their natural career progression, by now they might be a senior level X. And they had an interest in us in the first place. So why don't I reach out to them and say, hey, three years ago, you applied for junior level X, by now I imagine you're a senior level X, do you still have an interest in our company? Can we talk about it? Start doing things like that first with people who've already expressed an interest, and you'll probably be able to fill your, your jobs a lot faster that way. Just, just my own little pet peeve. This sounds really similar to something we talked about on our call before, which was your Batman-Robin strategy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'd love for you to, to tell our listeners about that. Sure, sure. So the Batman-Robin strategy is uh, pretty much what, what I was describing there. If you are a mayor for a uh, major city and you need Batman to be your superhero, but you cannot afford Batman because he's so expensive with the Batmobile and the, and the uh, bat signal and all that. And you simply cannot afford him. Uh, but you look at who he works with, which is Robin. So Robin's been with Batman for a while and he understands uh, all the nuances of, of crime fighting. <laughs> Perhaps he can come over to your city and be your major superhero. So to uh, analogize that uh, to a job, uh, you could say, say you're looking for a senior level engineer and they have seven years of experience on average and they're very expensive and your basic pitch to them is, hey, senior level X, uh, senior level engineer, come do the same thing over here. We'll pay you, you know, maybe 10% more. That's not really, that's not really compelling. Uh, but if you look at the numbers and you say, okay, someone who's a senior level X on average has seven years of experience. Let's find some junior level uh, engineers who have six years of experience, six years plus of experience. And statistically, they're on the verge of being uh, promoted. So you say, hey, junior level uh, engineer person, uh, why don't you come over here and be a senior level engineer person for us because your company doesn't appreciate you because you're, you're still a junior. Over here, you would be senior, which means you get more money and all these other perks. A candidate who receives a call from a recruiter about a job that is going to promote them in status, that's a good call to that candidate. They're going to respond. They're going to want to um, stay in touch and at least pursue it just a little bit, if, if not all the way. And then it also pleases the company or rather the client that uh, you can do this because it saves them money ultimately. So I'm not paying the Batman prices. I can I can pay Robin a little bit more. Robin will be happy, and it's you know it feels good in my budget. So that's my Batman Robin strategy. Yeah, there's so much scope for AI to support with that. Obviously, if you do it manually, if you you know if you use the Batman Robin strategy manually and you try to target the Robins, it's mm -hmm. a lot of work. 
But with the technology we have at hand today, I think some of this could be automated, making it easy for anybody to use it, even if a hiring manager wanted to, you know, definitely get the robins, they could. Definitely, because I've seen, um, this is, I'm, I was trying to remember the name of this, this company, it's a startup, but essentially it's, it's built on ChatGPT, like so many products. And mm-hmm. essentially what it would do is you would upload a spreadsheet to it, and then you would ask it questions about the data in the spreadsheet. So you could say, okay, um, what, is the tr- what is the trend on, on X? based on this data and they would just sort of read it for you. So we do great analysis. I can imagine ChatGPT integrating with an ATS and maybe asking the asking it the, the backman Robin strategy. Okay, I want to hire yep. a senior level engineer with seven years experience. How many people um, uh, were who applied for a junior level engineer, you know, three years ago who may be a match for it today? And then having it go through the ATS and you know, give you the names that way. Yep, that would be an awesome. If someone does that, um, send me royalty checks. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, that's amazing. That's you should you build that, and then we'll we'll spread hey, it there around. You go. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, Jim. Well, this has been a very amazing conversation. I think we um, we learned a lot about recruitment and AI, but also recruitment and marketing, which I think was a really important point of view to hit. Um, do you have any parting thoughts or any, any last thoughts before we close out here? Um, I'll give one last plug of <laughs> myself. Uh, people can, f- yes. Where can people find you? Yeah. Yes. People can find me on my website, jimstroud.com. That's J I M S T R O U D.com. Or they can find me on Twitter at Jim Stroud, J I M S T R O U D. They can also find me on LinkedIn where I spend a lot of my time under my name. You guessed it, Jim Stroud. <laughs> I'm presently seeking an opportunity to grow an HR tech company with awesome content that attracts clients. And when I'm not interviewing for a full-time position or taking on project work, I am producing The Recruiting Life, which is a comic strip and newsletter about the world of work. Subscribe now, subscribe often. Amazing. And we'll plug all of that in our show notes as well. Um, but thank you so much, Jim. This has been an awesome conversation. My pleasure. I really appreciate your time. Thank you.